Welcome to Pause, Reflect, and Learn with Katie. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. I hope this is a fantastic year for you. All right, so today we are going to kick off the year by doing a podcast on the importance of decompression periods in dogs. And this is when you get a new dog, it is so important for you to give that dog time to decompress. But before we start the topic for today, we are going to give you a trivia question as we always do. When a dog is overheated and actively panting, one of its senses is reduced by as much as 40%. Which of those senses is reduced by 40%? We will tell you that answer and get into today's topic when we return. Today's question is, when a dog becomes overheated and is actively panting, which of the senses is reduced by as much as 40%? The answer is the sense of smell. It is reduced by as much as 40% when it uses the air to cool itself rather than for smelling. So if you guessed sense of smell, you know more about dogs than you thought. All right, so let's get into today's topic, the importance of decompression periods in dogs. Welcoming a new pet into your home is exciting. No matter how excited you are for your new furry bundle of joy, your new dog requires a decompression period. This is necessary if the dog is eight weeks old, eight months old, eight years old, or anywhere in between. The decompression period provides them the opportunity to relax, to get comfortable in your home, to get used to their new family and to learn the house rules. I wanna show you the difference between a human's point of view and the puppy's point of view on their arrival day to your home. The human is likely thinking, I cannot wait for my family and friends to meet my new dog. And I have posted 74 pictures of my new dog on social media in the last two hours. The puppy's point of view is likely, who are these people? Where have they taken me? Where is my mom? And how do I find my way back to my real family? We want you to keep in mind that your puppy was not prepared for this drastic life change. One day, they happily cuddled with littermates and slept together. The next day, their mom and littermates were gone. Your puppy longs for his family, is confused, and does not recognize the strange human face constantly smiling at him. Your puppy needs a decompression period in order to get used to this new human home. Okay, now let's go over the rescue dog's arrival day. The human's point of view, I saved you. You saved me. You're my best friend and we will be happy every day for the rest of your life. Now let's dress you up in a sweater and a jacket because you're going everywhere with me. You, the human, are so excited that you may even insist that your brand new rescue dog interact with every dog and every puppy you pass on your outings. And even your puppy, once your puppy is vaccinated, you may mistakenly think that they should meet every dog and every person along the way. Here is your new rescue dog's point of view. Ah, this is too much. I'm not used to all this attention and activity. It scares me. You scare me. Meeting new people scares me. Meeting dogs on leash scare me. We want you to keep in mind 
that an older rescue dog may have roamed the streets within a pack of other dogs working each day to protect themselves and their resources. And when I say older dog, I don't necessarily mean a five-year-old dog, a three-year-old dog. It could be a six-month-old dog, an eight-month-old dog, a one-year-old dog, a five-year-old dog. It could be any, any dog that's not a puppy. So while some of those rescues may have roamed the streets, others likely lived with families who eventually gave them away for one reason or another. Either way, your new rescue dog wound up in a shelter surrounded by barking dogs, cold floors, strange smells, and a ton of noise. Basically, their life was turned upside down from everything that they knew. Early in my career, I had a shelter buddy named Logan. He lived in the shelter for at least five years before he was adopted. Shortly after entering his new home, his owner reached down and touched him while he slept. In turn, Logan bit her. Logan found himself back at the shelter and on death row. But lucky for him, there was a large group of us who loved him, who knew he was a great dog, who knew that this incident was because he did not have a chance to decompress after living in that shelter for five years. And therefore, we literally fought for his life. And happily, we won. Logan was eventually turned over to a trainer who kept him on her facility for a few years and then placed him with a new family. In this home, he was loved and lived happily for the remainder of his life. As a matter of fact, this dog went to the aid of a family who was suffering a night terror. And when another family member's blood sugar dropped too low, Logan stirred him so that he can go and get the medication that he needed to get his blood sugar back up. So how did Logan go from an attack dog to a hero? Well, based on training exercises and past experience, we believe that Logan suffered from T PTSD due to living in the shelter for so many years. When the first donor touched him as he slept, Logan panicked and went into automatic protection mode. Had his owner known how important the decompression was to Logan's mental health, they certainly would have given him the time and the space he needed to unwind. They would not have immediately given him the freedom to sleep wherever he wanted. And therefore, they would not have touched him while he slept and been bitten. I am absolutely positively not blaming his owner. They didn't know. But from the day he arrived in their home, they posted pictures on social media of him dressed in sweaters and him going with them from one fun location to the next. Again, it's not their fault. They thought they were doing the right thing by socializing him. And they were excited. That's why they dressed him up. But sadly... They skipped the most important part. And as a result, this caused injury to the owner, emotional, not only physical, and it almost led to the unjust euthanasia for young Logan. So how long is the decompression period? A lot of people want to know. The length of time for the decompression period depends on the dog in front of you. Your dog's needs are as individual as your own. Therefore, the period of time is different for each dog. And I'm going to tell you, your, friend, your friends and family are going to come over and they're going to say, my dog adjusted in three days, my dog adjusted in two weeks. Refrain from holding too much stock in anyone else's experience. Their experience is their own. That outcome does not dictate the outcome for all other dogs. Now, an internet search on decompression periods for dogs will lead you to the three-day, three-week, three-month rule for rescue dogs. I absolutely like this. I think it's a good model, but it isn't law. 
And I know I keep reiterating this point, but it's so important. No one can tell you how long the decompression period will take except your dog. Pay attention to your dog's body language and signals. But if you struggle to understand your dog's needs, their body signals or their calming signals, or if you don't even know what calming signals are, consider hiring a professional dog trainer. So typically, a 10-week-old puppy will transition to the new home quicker than a two-year-old rescue dog. Again, not law, because I have met rescue dogs who transitioned quicker than some skittish puppies. I can tell you a happy, relaxed dog will speed through the process quicker than a high-strung, undisciplined, or nervous dog. In October, we rescued a new dog. Her name is Violet. It took six weeks for her to adjust to our home. Violet was a year and a half when we got her. She had already had puppies. She lived in a home with numerous other dogs, which I imagine is the reason that she got pregnant at such a young age. When she first arrived here, she would not play with toys. She really didn't eat treats. She growled at my dog, Elsa, every single time Elsa came near her. And if we did give her a new toy, she would immediately take it from our hands, run into her cage, and hide it. She never played with it. She hid it just in case that she wanted to play with it later on, which in fact she did several weeks later. When we adopted Elsa, our blind pit, several years ago, it only took her a handful of days to adjust to our home. Now, while Elsa and Violet were the same age, they were both a year and a half when we adopted them, Violet's past was more traumatic than Elsa's. Elsa had a great past. She never lived in a home, so she had her own issues, but she did have people who took very good care of her, and she was able to adjust quicker to our house. So again, we know what my advice is gonna be. Take it slow. Let your dog get used to their new surroundings. Let your dog get used to you while you immediately fall in love with this dog because you picked them. Your dog was chosen. They have to get to know you. You're a stranger. And nobody forms tight bonds and relationships immediately. Now, once your dog gets used to you and the surroundings, we want them to get used to the house rules. Because your rules may be different than the rules in the previous home. You may allow your dog to come on the couch and cuddle with you, but yet in the past home, the dog may have been punished for that. So now when you're welcoming your dog into bed or on the couch, the dog might think that you're trying to set them up and then you're going to punish them for doing so. The same goes with food. The old owners may have fed the dog from the table. You may be very opposed to the dog eating from the table. So your dog is going to beg a lot because that's what they know. In order to teach your dog whether or not they can go on the furniture, whether or not they can eat from the table, whether or not they can jump on guests, you do it slow. And this is done during the decompression period when your dog is crated, when your dog is on a routine. It is so much easier to teach your dog the rules the moment they get into your house rather than giving them the freedom to run around crazy and then you spend most of your day yelling, screaming, and being fed up with your dog. It's not fair to your dog and it's not enjoyable for you. And by the way, screaming does not accomplish anything other than stress and a sore throat. (laughs) So we are going to get into how to decompress your dog right after this message. Want to learn dog training? Enroll with ISCDT. Our online course consists of 18 lessons that teach dog training and canine behavior. Students work hands-on with dogs and provide a video diary of their work. Visit us at iscdt.com to learn more and enroll. How to decompress your new dog. Number one, prevent free roaming. Crate your dog, or if you don't have housebreaking problems, you can put them in a play yard. And this is done when you cannot keep a watchful eye on them. 
When your dog spends time outside the crate, make sure that you keep your dog leashed at first. This includes time spent in the house and in the yard. When you bring a new dog into your house and during that decompression period, using these tools will prevent your dog from exhibiting undesirable behaviors and allows you to teach them new acceptable behaviors. When your dog is more relaxed in your home and exhibits acceptable behavior, you can exchange the full length leash for a short one. And this provides your dog with a little more freedom. If this new found freedom leads to a dog who struggles to follow rules, take back the extra freedom and work some more with your dog. Number two, keep your new dog on a schedule. Dogs feel secure when they know what to expect each day. Create a daily plan that works for your schedule and stick to it. Just be sure to be a bit flexible with that daily schedule. So you don't want to have your dog eat every single day at 8 a.m., not a minute later, not a minute before, because should you wake up late on the weekends, should you arrive home late from work, the dog will be stressed out. So if they eat at 7.55 or 8.10, that's okay. We just we just don't want the rules to be really stringent. So here is a sample of a schedule that you can create when your dog first arrives. And it doesn't have to be exactly this, it's just a sample. So in the morning, you bring your dog out for a walk. Then you feed breakfast in the crate. You bring the dog outside for a bathroom break on leash. You crate your dog again with a bone or a toy stuffed with treats. You go for an afternoon walk or train in the yard and of course on leash. The dog has lunch or a midday snack. Bring the dog to the bathroom on leash, then spend some time snuggling, training, or playing calm games with your dog. Crate your dog once again with a bone or a stuffed toy with food, or even just a non-edible chew bone. Then bring your dog for a walk or do some training in the yard. Feed dinner in the crate, bring them for a bathroom break, let the dog relax with family on leash. Relax, not roughhousing, just being able to spend time with the family. You bring the dog for a bathroom break, and then they go to sleep in the crate. We always wanna make sure that the dog has equal amounts of exercise, love and attention, and learning how to relax. And when you're putting the dog in with a bone or a treat releasing bowl or something, that's mental stimulation, which is equally important. While this extra activity that we're asking you to do in the early days will cause you to have to wake up earlier or may prevent you from completing your normal daily tasks, the added work at this time will pay off in the long run. No one wants their dog to destroy their home and or torture their family members. So putting this time in is extremely important. Number three, let's limit guest interactions. Let your dog get used to you before parading people in and out of your home. Now we're not implying that your dog doesn't need to be socialized because puppies need to be socialized and there's that small window. All we're asking is that you give your dog a little bit of time in the home to get used to the different smells and the different people and the routine before you bombard them with visitors. If your dog is uncomfortable with a visitor or a family member, Ask that person to ignore your dog. You do not want to force your dog to interact with people or animals that frighten them. Instead, give your dog space from this person or any other triggers because forcing interaction can lead to problems down the road for you. I will put a link in the file notes that will also provide you with a blog that I've written on how to get a dog used to family members that they fear. When you do have guests over, limit the time they spend with your new dog. 
in the early weeks, short and controlled introductions are best. So when my family came at Christmas time and Thanksgiving, Violet spent time with us, and then Violet went to a play yard with something fun to do. Then she was invited back out, and then she went to the play yard. I did not want her out the entire time because I thought it would just be too much for her and the family, and I feared that she might get too wild, which is not something that I want her to do when I have guests over. Number four, introduction to other animals in your home. There are some people who feel that dogs should just be thrown together, and if a problem arises, the dogs will work it out. I do not agree with this approach. Do you know what can happen when two strange dogs try to work out a problem? A dog fight. And breaking up a dog fight can be very dangerous for you. And a dog fight can be very dangerous for your dogs. Dogs should be slowly integrated into the same home and shared space. When the dogs are together, it should be only for walks or short training exercises where all dogs are leashed and all dogs are rewarded. This is a bonding exercise for them. We want to take the time for the dogs to accept one another as members of the same pack. We also want to make sure that the dogs are going to get along because just like humans, dogs do not like everyone that they meet. And I always say we bring a new dog into the house because we want our dog to have a new best friend. But could you imagine a family or friend bringing a friend into us and saying, this is your new best friend, start getting along? It doesn't work that way. So we want to let the dogs get used to one another. And even if the dogs seem to be getting along, you should never leave them unattended, not even for a minute when one of the dogs are new. Next, respect the dog's space. Children can be overwhelming for a new dog. They want to hug the dogs and carry them, pull body parts, get in their face. They steal toys and bones right from their mouths. Kids are loud and they move fast. While a lot of this behavior is fun for the child, And while moving fast and screaming and all those high-pitched voices is normal, it's not for a dog. It can cause a lot of stress for the dog. Dogs may tolerate your child's behavior until they don't. Neither you nor your child will enjoy a new dog constantly nipping them. And naturally, we never want our child to take a dog bite. So your dog needs alone time to help them calm down and rest. Whether they're crated, they spend time at a play yard, or they rest on their own dog bed. Children should keep away from that dog. Unfortunately, a lot of parents feel that dogs should learn to tolerate their children, and no matter what the child does, the dog has to accept it. And I'm sorry, that's not a reality. Dogs are animals. We need to teach our children how to behave and how to respect the animal living in the house. And if they cannot follow the rules relating to the dog, then the dog should be safely locked away unless you are closely supervising the two. Now, let me just stop here. I'm not saying that a dog can do whatever they want and the child has to put up with it. The dog needs to respect the rules and they need to respect that they have to treat this child appropriately. But we can't expect a dog to treat a child who is poking them in the eye, who is ripping bones out of their mouth, who one day I was at somebody's house and the dog was coming down the stairs and the kid's holding the back leg of the dog while the dog's trying to come down the stairs. We can't expect the dogs to accept that. We need to teach our children not to act that way. And that's where I'm going with what I'm telling you here. So again, if you don't feel that your child is going to respect the dog's space and that they're not going to treat the dog in a safe manner, 
then we need to make sure that that dog is locked up and that they are never left alone with your child, not even for a second. But even if your children do respect the dog, and even if your dog does seem to tolerate the kids, you still should never leave a dog and a child unattended because you never know what could happen. And at the end of the day, we want our dogs to be healthy, happy, and well-adjusted. We want to minimize inappropriate behavior. We want to protect our children, our family, and our belongings from an unruly dog. So we hope that these tips helped. We hope that you will decompress your new dog and not just throw them into the middle of everything. But we want you to know that if you require additional training, if you're struggling at all, please contact a professional certified dog trainer. And if you are looking for a trainer in your area, feel free to email iscdt at info at iscdt.com. And we will work to match you and one of our certified dog trainers who is living in your area. I want to take one moment to go back to the trivia question that I had given you earlier in this lesson and just give credit to where I got that information. So the credit for that question and answer is falconbridgeanimal.com. We've taken the time to pause and learn. Now it's time to reflect. In the dog training field and many other fields, no matter what you do, people have opinions. Their opinion is that you're not handling the situation right, that you could try other approaches that there are 14 different suggestions that you can try instead of the approach that you're taking. Now, there is a huge difference between seeking advice and unsolicited information. Recently, I've gotten into the hobby of makeup. And while doing this, I've seen that there are probably 42,000 different ways that you can do your makeup, just from positioning on the face and colors and Oh my goodness, there's a million different ways. And the same thing with dog training. There are a million different ways that you can solve problems. And this is basically because every dog learns different. So there's no such thing as a cookie cutter process. There are different ways. So if you're seeking advice, by all means take it. And you should be open to taking advice. I say all the time that closed-minded dog trainers are definitely not assets to the field that dog trainers who are willing to learn are definitely better dog trainers. However, if you are working a method and you're successful with it, nobody has the right to come in and give you their opinion. Nobody has the right to come in and judge you because you are doing a good job. So recently I was listening to a podcast and the podcast said that you need to treat an opinion like a gift. You can accept that gift or you can decline that gift. And when you decline it, you hand it back to the gift giver and they can do with it as they please. And the same thing goes with an opinion. You do not have to take other people's opinions. You should not allow other people's opinions to make you feel bad about yourself. Treat an opinion like a gift. Accept it or decline it. And let the opinion giver do with their opinion as they please. But you need to walk away from it and ignore it. Doing so will make you a happier person and it will boost your confidence. Nobody in this world has the right to make you feel bad about yourself. Do a good job, be passionate, be open to suggestions, but don't let anybody's opinion damage you. Happy New Year. I look forward to sharing numerous podcasts with you throughout the year. I hope that everybody is healthy because I know right now it's hard. Everybody seems to have COVID. 
I wish you a happy, healthy, and successful 2022. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Happy training and have a great day.